All right, welcome back to Light Minds Podcast. As always, I'm Josh Allen sitting here with Adam Kuklich. Tell him what's up, Adam. Hi, guys. Uh, this week, we actually did another interview with uh, one of my friends from college. This is the second interview we did. Last week, we interviewed Rahul Bajaj, and uh, this time we interviewed Chris Meyer. He is a practicing civil engineer from uh, the Dallas, Texas area, and he's also a YouTuber. He has a decent amount of experience in YouTube for the past, I don't know, four or five years, and uh, we got into some interesting conversations regarding, you know, how just someone who may feel as if they're an everyday person uh, and some of the challenges they may overcome when they start a YouTube channel or any type of content generation. Uh, we really dived into the idea where, you know, we think that everybody has a story to tell and they should not feel as if, you know, uh, I'm not qualified to talk about my own story because your story is just as genuine and authentic as anyone's. So we kind of talked about that and uh, other various uh, tangents. We talk about a lot, uh, had a good time with Chris. Uh, we are enjoying doing these interviews and we have figured out how to do them through Zoom. So send us a text, shoot us a message. Um, if you want to be on, we'd love to have you on. We are talking to several other friends and uh, like-minded people to have on the podcast. Um, so yeah, we're enjoying that. That's uh, right. If you guys do anything interesting out there, hit us up. We want to talk to you. We'll have a Zoom call with you and you can share your ideas because that's kind of something else we, we figured out today is the, the general direction of this podcast. We want to view it as a open journal for any entrepreneur or creative out there who wants to get their ideas out. So definitely hit us up if you're interested in coming on the podcast. Absolutely. You don't even need to know what you want to talk about. That's the great thing. This is a, this is an open, open forum. But yes, we're going to get into uh, Chris. It was a great interview, uh, and it was a great time talking with him. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to Like Minds. Today, we're going to do something a little different, just as we did last week. Uh, we have a guest today. Um, this is my friend, Chris Meyer. I met him in college. Uh, he was one of my really good friends, roommates, and we had a lot of similar interests, both basketball and now he's also doing YouTube. So Chris, if you could just introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about what you're doing currently now. Yeah, so hey, once again, my name is Chris. Um, I'm originally from the South Bend, Indiana area up near, like, I guess to help people out that aren't familiar, it's near Notre Dame University. Um, went to Purdue, uh, same time as Adam. And then after graduating from Purdue, moved to the Dallas, Texas area where I'm now working as a civil engineer. Um, and then for my hobbies and whatnot, outside of my day job, I'm also making YouTube videos and uh, content creation of that sort. I've also, I guess, dabbled a little bit into podcasting, but I haven't fully committed to it yet. Uh, but here I am now on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so well, nice nice to meet you uh chris for those of you guys watching and listening uh i have not met chris either so i'm meeting uh him for the first time with you guys so uh this is gonna be uh this is gonna be a fun one for sure so so chris uh what kind of civil engineering are you currently doing in the dallas area um, so I specialize in transportation and more specifically on the planning side of uh, project development. And so I work mostly with, uh, I guess, safety analysis of different highways, mostly focusing around the state of Texas, but also in other areas in the country, and then also working in preliminary design of roadways. Okay, interesting. So have you seen any uh, changes in the normal business flow with the current economic situation and uh, health crisis that's going on or? So in Texas, not so much, but uh, I've heard on the East and West coasts that some people have been getting laid off because there's just not enough funding for projects right now. So like I actually had a friend uh, that graduated from Purdue a few months ago and yeah, he, got, he got laid off couple of weeks ago uh everybody in this company that had started within the past year and then anybody that was that had gotten an offer and had accepted it uh got revoked 
So they're just cutting out, you know, the, the lower tier employee first, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's a tough situation for people um, in those parts of the country, especially New York. Um, but yeah, right now in Texas, I think that's probably one of the better places to be, actually, fortunately yeah. for myself. That's a very you, similar. Uh, or go on, Josh. Sorry. How long have you uh, been with the company you're at currently? Uh, about a year and a half now. Okay, cool. I, I graduated fall 20. Gotcha. So that's a very similar situation to, uh, I mean, even what I've been exposed to with my current day job. Uh, there were a lot of uh, not only union layoffs where I work, but also salary layoffs. And I was lucky enough not to get laid off on that particular round, but just taking it day by day. Um, Chris, have you heard anything about um, the infrastructure bill that the Congress is talking about potentially passing as some type of stimulus? I, I would think that if something like that does pass, it would definitely affect the industry that you're working in in a positive manner, right? I've heard little bits and pieces, but to be quite honest, I don't know the full details. Okay. And actually recently, I've been trying to stay further away from the news just because there's so much negativity going around. And Definitely uh, resonate with you there. I actually saw, I didn't get a chance to watch this video yet, but on your YouTube channel, the channel, The Big Blue Baller, I did see you just made a video about trying to stay away from your phone a little bit more. Um, how, how has that been going for you? Gonna, uh, um, I was going to ask if, uh, if you had any like actually practical tactics that you've been employing, Chris, like what are some of the ways that you've been uh, uh, trying to avoid, uh, like as you said, specifically news consumption? Um, well, so I deleted Reddit off my phone and just b before, yeah, before we get too deep into this, Reddit's not news. It's not, it's not the best place to get news and I consider it. <laughs> a legit news source but you see things on there and it's kind of hard to avoid seeing them pop up in your feed and so i deleted that off my phone the only time i go on reddit now is if i search nba subreddit <laughs> um so i spend a considerable amount of time on there just looking through different posts and whatnot um although recently there hasn't really been much of anything to watch at all um and then besides that the forest app so what I'll do is either, you know, while I'm editing videos or working, doing chores, whatever, uh, like I say in, in that video where I was talking about the app a little bit, you can set a timer from anywhere from 10 minutes to two hours, and then I'll just put it in another room. I keep it out of my bedroom, which is where I have this whole desk set up. It's not ideal, but it's just what I have going on right now in the apartment. For uh, for those listening, you mentioned the Forest app, and I've heard about this app before. What what exactly does that do, and how does it work? So, basically, it the idea is I think the way the app advertises it is that you focus for that set amount of time. So it has a timer. It's, it's similar to your the clock app that comes on the iPhone, you set a timer, but you're limited for it's like a minimum of 10 minutes to a maximum of two hours. And the incentive of using that app over like a clock app or timer app is that once the timer runs out, if you let it run out without using any other apps on your phone, then a virtual tree will go grow in your virtual field. And so you have like a fresh new field every single day and as you plant these trees, these like, or as you, as you spend time focusing on whatever you're focusing on, focusing away from your phone, then these trees grow. And if you grow enough of these virtual trees, you get these coins for growing them. And I think it's like 2,500 coins. And then you can plant a real tree or like the, the company plants it. So there's also the incentive of helping out the environment too. So. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've heard about uh, Forest before, and I, I knew kind of how it worked. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Um, that actually reminds me of a topic that I've, I've come across recently. Um, Josh, you and I have been talking about digital minimalism, and I told you about that book, Digital Minimalism, that uh, I read. That was by an author named Cal Newport. And he actually has another book called Deep Work that I'm almost through reading at this point. And one of the things that he's talking about is really in line with what Chris was saying is, you know, 
in order to do what he calls deep work, you, you do really need to be able to stay away from distraction. So like hypothetically, like you wouldn't be able to engage yourself in deep work if you're texting every five minutes or you're on Instagram every 30 minutes, right? Uh, he makes this distinction between like deep work and, and shallow work. And shallow work is like replying to emails and replying to, you know, texts or, you know, anything that you can do like while multitasking, whereas like deep work would be like you're working on writing a novel or you're a computer programmer working to solve some extremely hard and, and challenging problem that you really do need to, you can't be distracted by. So that, that sounds like a really cool app that you were talking about, Chris. And I think it's a really cool cause as well uh, that they're actually planting trees. I, I like how they uh, married those two ideas together. Yeah, that's really cool. I, um, yeah, personally, when it comes to uh, deep work, uh, but specifically like when I'm editing uh, videos, I, I have to just completely turn my phone off. In most cases, most of the time, I like to have it in a, uh, in a completely different room um, and, and I normally try, like if I'm, if I'm really trying to work, like if I have a video to get out or um, I'm actually doing like paid client work, I, I typically do that in chunks of three hours where phone's going off and uh, I'm going to be working for at least three hours. And, I, and it's night and day, the productivity that you get out when your phone is not on. <laughs> for sure. This, this concept of, of deep work, it's, it's becoming increasingly more and more valuable but also increasingly more and more rare as, as we go on into the future, you know, like there's not many people who probably are interested in turning off their phone or downloading that app in today's world. And yeah, Adam, just to add on to what you're saying about deep work versus shallow work. So when I have some task I'm doing for what, like if it's video editing, for example, if there's, if I'm editing a, a basketball or 2K video and I know like where I want to crop the highlights and everything and I don't have to put much thought into it, I'll like listen to a podcast or like recently I've been playing that uh, Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. I've been having that playing in the background and I'm able to, like as you say, multitask. Um, but obviously when there's, when there's more thought involved, then it just gets really difficult. And that's, yeah, that's why I started implementing the, the use of that app as well as just keeping the phone out of the way. Interesting. So how, how is that, uh, that last dance? I've been hearing a lot about it. It's, it's so, it's very interesting. Like I wasn't exactly sure if they were only going to focus on the games or if it was going to be more Michael Jordan off the court. And I, I kind of figured they were going to portray him in, in, a, in a brighter light. Um, you know, being labeled as the greatest of all time. And obviously the, the documentary, it's on ESPN and it's, it's, it's all about Michael Jordan. And I, you know, so they do, they do touch up a little bit on his uh, gambling tendencies um, as well as the disagreements with uh, Bulls management. And one of the main focuses right now, so each episode they've been slowly progressing through that that final season of the uh of the second three-peat that they had in the 97-98 uh regular season and so they'll they'll like flash back you know as they're as they're slowly progressing through the season they flash back to like michael jordan's rookie season uh you know him coming to the bulls and and bringing them Bringing them from the ground up, basically, I guess I didn't realize this, but the Bulls were a joke of a franchise before uh, before the Jordan era. So it's just very interesting to watch and see how they all came to be. And then you know, how Phil Jackson ended up becoming the coach of that team. He actually started as an assistant and uh, worked his way up through the ranks. And, you know, the, the whole triangle system, he's willing to implement it while the, the current coach, Doug Collins, wasn't. I guess yeah. I'm throwing a out here. Basically, it's just very interesting to see how that how that team got to where it was uh, in the late '90s, and uh, it's it's not all about Jordan. It's it kind of touches up on on the relationships between the other players and the coaches and management as well, and the media's perspective at the time too. It sounds really cool, and if I may, uh, Chicago has this weird phenomenon where 
either uh, our sports teams are the best or, or a joke. There is no, there is no between. So we are either we are either a dynasty or, dynasty or, or, just, or just not even anywhere not even near anywhere a championship. A championship. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, I, I got to get your opinion. Uh, you know, out of all my friends, I'd say you probably follow the NBA the most. Um, what is your opinion on Zion? I think he's going to be really good. And I mean, from my perspective, uh, I, I played basketball in high school, and I've, as you know, I've been very into lifting weights. And when I see Zion, I just think like, oh my god, this this dude is an absolute freak, like physically. You know, he's like, what is he, six six, and he's like two eighty. You know, like that's insane. <laughs> He's a, he's a mobile refrigerator. <laughs> I know, man. Like, God, he could like like kill people in the NFL. You know, it's insane. But but, what do you think? Do you think he has the potential to uh, become someone like LeBron James, or what? Do, what do you think? I think if he's going to become someone like LeBron James, it's really going to come down to his shooting and his ball handling. I, I he's a, like right now his hustle is unmatched. I mean, the way he goes up, he's got that second leap for offensive rebounds. It's, it's just incredible just watching him move around the court and beating everybody to the ball. But I feel like what's really, you know, what it's really going to take to get to that level is good decision-making, being able to handle the ball like some of the other great ball handlers in the league, and then just be, being able to shoot from deep at a consistent basis, especially with the way the league's going right now. You got seven footers shooting threes from all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. How did you uh, take an interest into uh, basketball in the NBA? Oh goodness, that's I'll I'll tell the shortened version of that story. <laughs> um, so growing up in elementary school, uh, I didn't you know I wasn't really super into sports. I guess you know I. Being from South Bend, naturally, you, you kind of become a Notre Dame football fan growing up. You either love them or you hate them. That's how it usually goes. And uh, so I watched that. But then otherwise, I did, I did watch some basketball here or there. And I enjoyed shooting hoops in my driveway. But I, I wasn't super athletic or anything. Uh, I was just fast. That was about it. Skinny, fast kid. Um, but one of the people in my school uh, just told me, he's like, hey, you know, the the school's team we need some more people and we think you should join and like to be honest I didn't really have many friends at that age either and so it's just I don't know, the kid was just being super nice and uh you know early on I couldn't really do anything instead of joining the school team all I was really good at was defense and, and running fast like I'd be open on the fast break they'd get me the ball I'd like be blowing wide open layups I couldn't shoot I couldn't handle the ball. I couldn't do anything. And so uh, slowly but surely, I, I began getting a little bit better. And then around that time, one of the other kids on the team invited me over to his house, and we were playing 2K. I think it was like 2K9 or something. And at that point, I knew like of LeBron James. I knew of players like Paul Pierce and Rondo. And like, I, I, knew, I knew some of the good players at the time but I didn't really know anything about the league or like different teams or anything. Um, and so he was a Celtics fan, my friend was. And so that was kind of my introduction to the NBA. And so naturally then I became a Celtics fan at the time, even though I had never been to Boston, had no attachment to the Celtics team. I uh, just kind of began watching more and getting more interested. And part of that was through 2K, uh, just playing the game with friends. And, um, yeah, I mean, just kept, kept from there, just kept going on. I went to Notre Dame basketball games when I was in high school. I really enjoyed the atmosphere. Um, our high school that I went to, uh, Marion, uh, I don't know if the name Demetrius Jackson means anything to you guys. Uh, he was, like, the star player on Notre Dame's team for three years and then got drafted to the Celtics and then kind of bounced around it a few different G League teams. I'm not sure where he is right now, but um, yeah, I mean, just kind of my interest going, and uh, here we are. Gotcha. And that, that led to a, uh, I think Adam said that led to a YouTube channel where you were, uh, you were posting 2K highlights, or 
clips or, or like uh, playthroughs? Yeah, so this was back like sophomore year of high school. So this would have been like 2012. Um, that same friend that, that introduced me to 2K also introduced me to YouTube. And uh, we both just had this idea like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a couple gaming channels. And, you know, just like our other our other favorite YouTubers or whatever. And I remember it was like super late at night, like maybe like 2 a.m. or something. We're just playing Black Ops or whatever. And that's when I came up with my first channel name, CJ23MJ, a.k.a. Chris the Boss. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, so so original. <laughs> so you actually, uh, I remember Mitch was once telling me that you, uh, you know, you made these YouTube videos playing 2K, and he said you actually got it to the point where you were monetized, correct? Yeah, I made a few hundred bucks, uh, I think towards the end of high school, and then it started dying down when I started college. I was still making videos freshman and, and even in the sophomore year. Uh, of college at Purdue, but eventually I, I decided to, you know, just put it to rest for the time being because I felt like I really needed to focus on my studies and just in general, just taking advantage of the whole college experience. And so, you know, that's why it, it took till my very last semester to get my study abroad experience in and to get an internship where I had to travel across the country and just a whole bunch of different experience. I think it really took a couple years before I, I really started getting into the whole uh, college experience. Cause I think yeah. and you probably saw from like seeing me in my, in my dorm room, Adam, like, yeah, the first couple years of college, I was a homebody and I didn't really go out much at all. And like, it was fun. It was relaxing, but I would get bored pretty easily too. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely say that, you know, I, I never really like, hung out with you uh I would say a lot in college but I I did like intermittently see you all throughout the college experience and I I would say that I definitely did see a transition in you uh, I don't know if that was was that junior year late junior year I don't know when when that would have been but you know it was, it was cool to see you you know getting involved in some some basketball teams and also you know going to some parties and having some fun it was, it was cool to see but uh so when you did stop, kind of put your YouTube channel on the back burner uh, and you focused on college, you, you went to uh, Singapore, was it, for your uh, uh, study abroad. Then you decided to start a new YouTube channel, right? And that's what you're doing right now. Uh, what was the motivation for you to create this channel and almost this, uh, this identity of the big blue baller? How, how did that originate? So... Do you want me to talk about maybe maybe I should talk about the name the big blue baller first sure that that was around before the before the YouTube channel idea even came up um, okay so I think it was like yeah sophomore junior year of of Purdue and do you remember you, you might not have seen it but I, I used to drive a, a blue family minivan around campus that was my car <laughs> that, <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, Ford Windstar, you know, smooth ride, and uh, it was it was doing well for me. My friends and I ended up calling it Big Blue at one point, and then over winter break, it broke down. Like, I think some, some moisture got into the engine cylinder or something, and it froze, and the whole thing just died. I don't, I don't understand cars fully, so I'm not going to try to explain it, but um, yeah, then you know, everybody's like, oh, rip Big Blue. Big Blue's no longer. And then, <laughs> I think like a week later, I went to go play basketball at the, at the Co-Rec. And I was dressed in a blue shirt and blue shorts because that was all I had. All my laundry was dirty. So I was just like completely dark blue. And then do you, Adam, do you remember, because I know you played basketball some at the Co-Rec too. There was like this one guy that would always show up he was I think he was bald he had like a like a gray beard and he was usually wearing like neon colored socks and I, by that particular description I do not remember okay well he he definitely wasn't like your typical college age 
uh, adult. I'm not even sure if he was actually attending Purdue, if he was just paying to use the Corec. But he'd always be like shouting really loud and just like chucking up deep shots. And, and okay. <laughs> he had a very aggressive personality. But anyways, I'm like tying my shoes and I just hear him say like, hey, Big Blue over there, just watch out for him. He can shoot the ball. And I'm just like, is he talking about me? Like, <laughs> and sure enough, I get out there, I knock down a three, and then I just hear him from the side just yelling out like, Big Blue! <laughs> interesting so Man, so that that sparked this this name for the big blue baller uh where did the idea for the youtube channel originate yeah so i guess it just over time you know throughout especially that last year i was at purdue 2018 you know i went to singapore i drove halfway across the country to reno nevada of all places for an internship with a well-known uh, civil engineering company and I mean, you know, like I said, I had kind of just made a transition halfway through college from where I wasn't really doing anything. And even at the beginning of 2018, I was, I was having these doubts that maybe I was just going to be stuck. I mean, it was just really stupid and like, uh, what's the word? Just not realistic thoughts, basically like that. I was going to be stuck in Indiana the rest of my life. I wasn't going to be able to get out and travel and see the world. and and try different things and like my life was going to be boring i was gonna be stuck in little town indiana whatever um but then you know i just just made a switch i i changed the way i went about you know doing certain things how i spent my weekends time i spent with my friends uh how i did work and just yeah overall changed the way that i live my life um and you know, I just kind of wanted to share those experiences with other people, not so much just to like boast and brag about myself, but more so in a way to help out others. And so, like, for example, I made a video like reasons to, to move to Dallas. I think I've made a couple of videos on that now because I remember being in that position where I had gotten this job offer to, to work in Dallas and I knew nothing about the city at all. I just assumed, oh, it's Texas. It's going to be cowboy boots and, and barbecue or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I just want to put content out there that's going to help other people grow. Just kind of like in our, in our age group of younger 20s and even people just getting into college, you know, helping, helping prepare them for what to expect and just giving them advice. I'm not saying I know everything, and obviously I haven't experienced everything there is to experience in life, um, but I do think that some of my experiences are valuable, and I have knowledge that is worth sharing that could potentially help out other people. That's, that's really cool, cool, man. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a thought that I've had before as well, and I think any real content creator, or anybody who's really just going out there and voicing their opinion, has those thoughts for like, oh, well, what do I know, right? Like, why, why would anyone want to listen to me? But the more I really think about that, and the more I get used to actually talking about what I'm thinking about, the more I realize that, you know, those are destructive thoughts. And you have had your own experiences. And that's really, you know, a very human thing to do is share your experiences. And, uh, you know, hope that somebody else listening can benefit from your experiences. Like, for example, I know you have a lot of videos on cooking. I know you have a lot of videos on, uh, I think you made a couple of videos on certain aspects of, of college, maybe somebody who's, who's new to college could benefit from. And uh, I, I think there's value in that, man. You know, like your story is as authentic and as genuine as anyone's, you know? So I definitely commend you for, for putting it out there like that. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think uh, when people get started as content creators, that's something that I see happen uh, a lot. We get, you know, people get into it and they get too caught up in, uh, you know, what they're going to say. And, and as content creators, we're, we're storytellers. Um, I mean, storyteller, storytelling is at the root of all communication. And so when people start uh, as content creators, they get too caught up in, trying to tell their life story. The problem with that is, well, you're like 
only on chapter three of that story. So how are you going to tell that, that whole, your life story if, uh, if, it's, if it's not even finished yet? Uh, you just need to tell a story. And you, you have plenty of those uh, leading up to now. If you're, if you're just starting um, as a content creator, we need to, we, well, period, content creators, period, just need to focus on telling a story. You know, there's a story that you have from yesterday. There's a story that you have from uh, years ago. And, and you don't have to have, um, you know, I, I think people get caught up. And this is my personal experience, too. I think it's easy to get caught up in, like, trying to make your own, biopic or, or bio documentary about yourself you know especially with, with like youtube and blogging and things like that and it's just not like that you know you just you, you tell stories that you think you can actually give uh real value from yeah and that's so to to kind of add on to what both of you said i feel like when i first started so i was i think adam you might remember it started more as a as a podcast and less of a youtube channel and uh, yeah, eventually I, I stopped making those podcast episodes after about four or five of them. Um, and part of it was due to lack of good time management, but a huge part of it was, I just kind of felt like I got stuck in this trap of who really cares about what I have to say? I'm just some random dude and like, who's gonna even be searching for these and just a lot of negative destructive thoughts, um, but slowly, you know, regained the the confidence and also you know just just kind of put those ideas to rest because in all honesty like a lot of people here on on youtube and on content creating platforms in general like nobody has all the answers and you know like saying like how how am i you know one or who am i to to be out here you know giving advice or telling people what to do was was one of the thoughts that i would have as well but it's just like none of these other people out here are, are technically experts either. So, and I, I find value in what I have to say. So, you know, why not? Besides that YouTube channel, which I, I think you can probably tell, I've, I, I think I, that, that uh, time management, the, the phone video that I had made recently with the Forest app and everything was the first video I had made on that channel in like a month. And that's because recently I started going back to my, my YouTube roots uh, okay making basketball and 2k videos and so yeah i don't know if you've seen that or not since you've been on that social media cleanse but i do i do post about it on instagram on the big blue account um and i actually i took that old youtube channel and just rebranded it <laughs> so now it's big blue baller buckets youtube channel oh okay. that's cool um, but yeah, I think part of the reason I had started that back up was I think there was just kind of a, a void uh, since basketball had just abruptly been taken away from us, uh, you know, right before March Madness and the end of the right after the death of Kobe. Yeah, exactly. It was just really bad timing. And I hadn't really been playing much 2K up until that point. I had the latest game, but I was only playing maybe once every other week or something and now i'm i'm kind of back into it and i i i think the first thing that might come to your mind is you know is is that a bad habit or a, or not a good habit to pick up that i'm now all of a sudden playing this video game again on on somewhat of a regular basis um in my opinion i i feel as long as i'm uh, managing and limiting the amount of time I'm spending on it. And since I'm using it to create content, I'm not just using it purely for, you know, entertainment for myself, then I feel like it does have value. And then it allows me to talk about basketball, which is something that I also love to talk about and share with other people. And so that's kind of the reason I also started going back to that because I found recently, you know, like ever since moving here, like I do have people that I can talk basketball with. Um, and I have friends from back at Purdue that I'll talk basketball with on the phone from time to time, but it's, it's just, I guess it just doesn't feel the same. <laughs> and so I guess part of it is to feel that empty void, not just to, to share basketball content with other people, but also a bit of a selfish reason to just kind of, kind of help fill that emptiness inside of me. 
I got to ask you a question, man. Uh, have you ever thought about coaching like a high school team or being a part of a, a high school team experience or something like that? I feel like you'd be pretty good at, at that. I actually have thought about that. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually had a little bit of a coaching experience recently. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I went back to South Bend for a weekend uh, it's for a friend's wedding in December, and around that time, my dad uh, started coaching my old elementary school's basketball team, the one that I had played on growing up. Uh, and a little bit of a backstory: he didn't exactly want to be the coach, but my mom, who teaches at the school, no, nobody else was stepping up, and then she's like, "Okay, you're coaching it." So, <laughs> As dad kind of he doesn't have much basketball experience. And he sent me, uh, he took like a video of the kids scrimmaging during practice, like a five minute scrimmage video and sent it to me. And then I went ahead and just sent him back a list of, of all the things that, you know, based on that five minutes of footage, like all, all of everything that those kids should probably start working on and drills that he can have them do and whatnot. And then when I came back home that weekend, he had put everything on a handout, like a paper handout. I'd given it to all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And that weekend, they had a couple games, and I was the uh, the assistant coach for him. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I've, I've, I've thought about something similar. I, I by no means have the time to even think about this, but I have thought about uh, going to the local high school near my house. It's the same high school uh, Josh and I went to. It's called Whiting High School. And I'd be thinking, like, you know, I wouldn't mind dropping in once a month or something just to kind of teach some some of the kids some strength and conditioning in the weight room. You know, I think that'd be something I'd enjoy a lot. But uh, I don't think I'd have the time to do that like full time or something, you know. Yeah, just like a like a part time gig kind of show up every so often. Yeah, like once a month, like this is what we're going to learn today. You guys can hopefully write it down, that type of thing, you know. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, and you're definitely resource for the weightlifting information and whatnot absolutely it's a great way to like um uh it's weird like now that we're like getting towards the age where um we can start quote-unquote giving back to the youth i just feel <laughs> old to say that <laughs> i know Speaking real quick real quick when, when chris was like i'm going to a, a friend's wedding i'm like what on earth like like people are getting married like <laughs> Like, that doesn't even compute in my head, man. <laughs> like, it's insane. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a bit much sometimes yeah, to think love, about yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the idea of, um, uh, of like, working with, uh, I actually work with kids. I, so uh, the company that, um, besides my media company that I work with is, uh, and I'm talking to Chris because most people listening know this, um, but I work with kids teaching uh, chess. And it, it is, it is a, great experience to um to like teach uh, a kid something and then see them use it uh later on i remember one time um watching one of my stu uh, students games and seeing them do something and i was like wow what that, that was a good move how, how did you know how to do that and he looked at me he's like you taught us how to do that and i was like oh, I did. <laughs> Yeah, it's something I, you know, I, I thought about looking into. Obviously, not in the current state of, of things, but, right. and if, you know, who knows how long it's going to be. Is it going to be the end of summer? Is it going to be next year? But, you know, once once things start getting back to normal, or as normal as they can be, then uh, that's definitely something I want to look into. And I've talked about it with some coworkers in our office, um, just what their experiences were. So we, we had one of the guys in our immediate group help coach like his kids soccer team or something and you know just just kind of get an idea kind of getting a feel for you know how do you how do you get into the situation not just having a kid that goes to the school but you know knowing what kind of connections you need to make to get into that sort of a sort of a part-time gig yeah that's cool I got a quick question for you Chris so you've been living in the Dallas area for what is it you said a little over a year and a half or whatever that is uh, when you think back, so you've been sufficiently, you've had a sufficient amount of time after you've graduated to really sit back and 
digest the uh, college experience as a whole. Whereas uh, I remember like maybe a month or two after I graduated, it, it seemed like I was still a student and I was, I was just glad to not have to worry with it about any of the tests or anything, you know, to do with that anymore. And it really hadn't sunk in yet that the college experience was, is, is now over. But now that it, it's been over a year that I've been graduated, it's really, uh, it's really sinking in and I can really like dissect it in my head a lot better than I would have been able to do right when I graduated. So I kind of want to get your opinion you know, when you think back about college, do you do you miss the college experience? Do you uh, do you wish you can go back, or what, what's your thought on that? Wow. So there are things I miss for sure, and there's a lot that I don't miss. Um, let's let's go over the things that I miss. So I think one of the one of the big advantages of being in college, especially in your early twenties, is just being surrounded by so many other people that are also in their early 20s. You know, like moving out here to Dallas, I had this really dumb idea in my head that it was just gonna be a just smooth, flawless transition, go straight from college to, to living the, the full-time job life, and I'm gonna get a whole bunch of, you know, have a bunch of people to hang out with also in their 20s, and we're just gonna have a good old time trying out new things, going to basketball games, whatever. Uh, that's just not how it is. It's not as easy to meet people in the same age group as you as it is in college. And so that is one of the things that I do miss. Um, and so one of the ways I, I would try to meet new people around my age group, there's this uh, app called Meetup. I don't know if you've yep. heard about it. Um, it's, so it's kind of hit or miss. And obviously I think it's, it's different depending on the city. Uh, but here in Dallas, there's a lot of uh, very, very strong and stable meetup groups. Uh, there's one in particular, it's for 20 and 30 year olds and meet up to play board games once a month. And there's usually at least like 100 to 150 people that just show up to play board games at like a local bar or something. And it's a really cool experience. So I ended up meeting a few friends through there. One of them actually uh, went to a rival school, Purdue, Ohio State, so met some Midwest people as well that had just moved to the Dallas area, which is really nice. Um, but I mean, you do get your, you know, your uh, random, I guess, like internet creeps that show up to the, to the meetup groups as well. So you kind of got to keep an eye out for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, getting back to the, to the topic. So yeah, that's, I definitely missed that. Uh, you know, obviously there's not really any, any parties going on. Uh, those, you know, hanging out, you can still go to the bars, obviously, and, and hang out with friends and have parties and do that sort of thing. Um, and maybe it's been a different experience for you. But since I moved away from all of my close friends, I don't really have that happening much around here anymore. Like I, I go out to bars and I'll, you know, have drinks with people. Um, but I haven't been to a house party in so long. It's it's just kind of wild to think about, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess, yeah, just, I think, I think this depends on what, what uh, field you get into, but I noticed while, and of course what college you go to too, but I kind of noticed at Purdue, I was constantly surrounded by people of different cultures and different beliefs, uh, you know, different ways of thinking. Um, and I mean, you definitely meet people with different ways of thinking in a, in a big city like Dallas, but, um, and it, it, Dallas is one of the more diverse cities in this area of the United States, but I'd say like the kind of discussing different ideas just doesn't happen as much as it does in college. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's a cultural thing with the United States. I just feel like some people don't just sit down and discuss ideas. Well, I, I think it's twofold. So I think, uh, at a university, particularly one like Purdue, I, I believe when we were at Purdue, Purdue had uh, the second highest rates of like multiculturalism or like multicultural people going there. So you're by default just exposed to a ridiculous amount of people from various parts of the world that you would have never talked to. You would have known nothing about them, nothing about their, their language, their religions, the ways that they uh, think when it comes to solving problems. 
you you would be never you would never get exposed to that if you uh you know weren't just thrown into it like by going to Purdue and sure you know we can make the argument Josh and I live close to Chicago Chicago you you can be exposed to you know people who think differently in different cultures but I wouldn't say it's the same level of exposure because you know let's say I see a Chinese guy or an Indian guy you know ordering I'm at Chipotle or something and I see you know people from different cultures in front of me it's not like I'm there and I'm working on projects with them you know it's just like we're, we're kind of in the same area maybe you get a little bit of that effect but you really just get thrown into it when you go to college so uh, I, I think to, to your point that's definitely something that you don't get outside of college and second the, the second point that I wanted to make on that is when you're talking about uh, engaging in intellectual conversations, you, you have to realize that in a college, there there will be a, a, a higher concentration of, of intellectuals going to a college than there would be in some random farm town or whatever, you know? Mm. I yeah. Think, I think it's important to, to realize that. And I think this is, this is what I love about the internet and this is what I love about uh, social media even is that uh, it, is, it is still possible to, um, to have those similar experiences uh, uh, every day uh, and, and quite frequently. We're, we're having, I'm having one of those experiences right now. I've never met you, you're a completely, <laughs> completely new person. We're uh, talking about all kinds of things and we're doing that because of the internet. That's a big reason me and Adam started this podcast was literally just to, to talk. One thing I would want to add on to that is I, th I think for someone who is trying to say make friends on the internet or something, I think it's important to place a far higher priority on s socializing with people in the physical space. So having that being your ed end goal, not a goal just to have a friend on Snapchat or have a friend on Instagram or what, what have you, but actually come up with some type of actionable plan to to meet them in person and that's one of the things that i really like about that app meetup and there's other ones like eventbrite because uh you know a, a connection that is solely on an internet platform is far far uh lower quality than one would be in real life so i think the internet definitely gives you the tools to to meet new people and not only new people but people who are interested in things you are um but it should definitely be done in such a manner where you you do have the end goal of meeting them in person yeah that's and that's why you know i like like you had said like meetup even i think like even some dating apps i think like bumble has a friends feature that you can use i don't know how good it is i've heard good things and bad things from people that i know about it but yeah just just a way to meet people that have similar interests as you or similar beliefs that you can you know immediately just you know connect with but it's a way to, to set up a, a meetup in real life as opposed to just forever being internet friends which doesn't allow for you know much of a relationship to grow mm -hmm. yeah so Chris, you, you talked about some of the reasons why you, you miss college, but what's, what's a couple of reasons why you don't miss college? Well, uh, <laughs> I'd say one of, one of the big things that I don't miss is the lack of a consistent schedule. And, you know, I can make excuses for days. I think part of the reason I never had a consistent work schedule is because of laziness and just wanting to valuing time with friends and valuing time in, in clubs and organizations and, and hanging out as opposed to improving my my body or improving you know my yeah just my my consistency and in, in improving myself but um you know the class schedule and the homework load definitely didn't help you know there'd be weeks where you'd have maybe one assignment or two assignments that would take a couple hours and that was all. Uh, again, this depends on your major. Uh, and then there'd be other weeks where you'd have like four exams and a project <laughs> and a few other work assignments on top of that. <laughs> There's just so much chaos. You don't have time to go to the gym every day 
and get enough sleep and get all your work done. It's just way too much. And so that's, that's the biggest thing that I definitely don't miss about college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever I tend to think back about my experience at Purdue, I, I tend to definitely place the whole experience in the, the rosy retrospect. Um, I tend to forget all the, the nights spent up until 3 a.m. in the morning, right, doing a ridiculous amount of work. And I tend to remember the, the fun times with friends at, at parties or the, the self-development that really, you know, happened during that time of my life. But uh, you, you definitely have a point there. I remember uh, sophomore year at Cary Quad. I would, I would come and do homework at Cary sometimes with, uh, with Mitch and Barack Carlos and, and you know, I remember there was this one night where we had just got done with, uh, I don't remember what exam it was, but we just got done with an exam. Then we had a math homework on WebAssign. Then we had like uh, statics, we had thermodynamics, and then I had CGT all to do in one night. It was insane, man, you know? So you definitely got a point there. It's funny you mentioned the uh, rosy red retrospects. Similarly, um... I was having a conversation uh, with a friend about uh, previous jobs uh, and, you know, for uh, those who uh, maybe don't have like the uh, college experience, it's, it's incredible, like how it's, it's such a real thing. Like looking back at, um, at things in the past, like with that rosy red uh, retrospect, me and a friend were talking about like uh, our past jobs and like the, you, if if you heard us talking about it, you would think that th these jobs were our passions, and that we like just would die for these companies because we're just talking about like, man, yeah, I I just remember like you know the coworkers I had, and then you know the uh, the bonds that we developed through them, and the the types of uh, friendships that you uh, have in a uh, in a workplace, and yeah, just thinking back to some of the like just most miserable jobs uh, working in a restaurant. Like, it's just like, man, why, why do I, why do I miss that someday? <laughs> yeah, I can completely agree with that. I, I even sometimes think back about that, uh, that job I had uh, at the Whiting Lakefront, like, you know, cleaning up garbage and doing labor work, like cutting grass and some of the, you know, when you're with your friends, sometimes, sometimes jobs like that are really, really fun to think back about, you know? Yeah, it's kind of the way I feel about <laughs> those late night study sessions. Like you kind of miss just just hanging out and, and the shenanigans with friends and whatnot, even mm -hmm. though you really don't actually miss the the work that was involved at the time. And then for yeah, sure. previous I worked at Panera for a couple years. I hated cleaning the dishes there, but I you know just uh, interactions with different coworkers. Yeah, it's it's something. It, yeah, it's weird. Just kind of well, the rosy the rosy feeling. Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, how, so we're talking about how we're able to look back at times past and and just see the good things. But we're also talking about that as a phenomena that we understand that because we're looking back, we're only picking out the good things. Have you been able to? Because uh, it's something I struggle with, but something I want to be able to do. Have you been able to internalize um, and and apply that way of thinking? to now and understanding that in five years, we're gonna be thinking the same way about this time and anything that we're stressed out about right now uh, and any you know hardships that we're facing right now are just not gonna even matter to us in, in five years. I think there's a value in, in understanding that and, and, and I actually internalize it because I, I understand that, but I don't think I, I internalize that. Uh, and I was wondering if either of you guys had. Yeah, so I, I could add a lot to that, actually. Um, when I first moved here, I had actually, I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit, um, but I, I experienced the, the most anxiety I've ever experienced in my life. And the reason any of that relates, um, maybe I'm fast forwarding too much. Okay, let me, let me start this all over <laughs> before I go on this long rant about nothing. Uh, so, I think what you're trying to touch on here is how, you know, in the moment we're working really hard. Like maybe you have a, a deadline coming up for a project at work that needs to get submitted in the next 24 hours. And you're only like halfway done or not even halfway done. You have all this, you know, you're stressing out about it. And Oh, if I don't get this done, then 
you know, I, I'm going to lose this client or not make the money that I was going to make or whatever it may be, whatever the situation is. But yeah. And five years down the road, you're not even going to remember that. And I think it's just really important. And it's, it's something I still struggle with, but I feel at least I've, I've started to make myself aware of it and just recognizing like in the moment that, you know, just, you know, do whatever you have to do. But at the end of the day, like, it's not going to have, you know, as long as you don't spend so much time worrying and stressing and just focus on doing what you have to do, then it's going to be a lot easier on, on your, on your mental health and just in general. And, and it'll, it'll affect your performance too. Cause I've found, you know, I, I had anxiety performance uh, issues with cross country and track in high school at times, you know, leading up to a race, I, I just sometimes like I, my stomach would get super upset and I couldn't really think straight and whatever. And, and, you know, I'd still perform somewhat well, but maybe not as well as I could have. Um, yeah, I think it's just really important to be, to be, you know, present in the moment and not, you know, stress too much about what we're doing day to day and just remember the, the big picture. Sometimes it's just good to have that reminder. Sure. And to, to answer, give my two cents on, on the matter. Um, I am fully convinced. In fact, I know that five years from now, we will look back at this time and we will be thinking, what were we thinking, stressing about anything? Like we didn't have anything to stress about whatsoever. Um, the bottom line is this guys. And for anyone listening, we are in our 20s right now. And to break it to you guys, this is the best time of our life. The 20s, your 20s are, are the best time of your life. You're young. They've, they've done studies. Like, so there, there's the idea where like, okay, and this is something I struggle with a lot. Why do you want money in the first place? Well, you want it to buy experiences. The money itself means nothing to you. If you were starving in uh, 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 the desert or woods, you, you wouldn't do anything with that money. If you had a million dollars with you, you wouldn't do anything but set it on fire to keep you warm. The reason you want money is so that it can buy you experiences, right? So I get into this dilemma in my head where I am so focused on saving money, right? But sometimes I forego the very experiences that money could buy me that I'm saving the money for in the first place, right? Um, this is by far the best time of your life. And they've done studies showing that if you want to do something exciting for it, whether it be going on some skiing trip or, or doing something out of your comfort zone, going to China or, or uh, Europe or Africa or whatever, it will be more enjoyable if you do it when you are young versus when you are 50, 60, 80, whatever. And not to even mention that some things when you're 70 years old, you just, you just can't do when you're young. Like right now we have our health. We have to a certain degree, we have uh, the, the, the headspace that our adult bodies have, have developed over the last 23, 25 years, whatever it may be. We're, we're just getting into that uh, period in our lives where our frontal cortex in, in your brain is fully developed. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, your, your prefrontal cortex doesn't actually develop fully uh, until you're around 20. So your brain's not, or, sorry, 25. Your brain is not fully developed until you're 25. So we're just getting to that, that point, you know? So this is something I, I try to tell myself, but I, I struggle with it as well. Um, like there's days where just like you, Chris, I'm very, very stressed about some ridiculous thing at work or stressed about you know, trying to get the company that I started to, to get it on its feet and be successful. But there's other times where I, I look at it and it's just like, man, just, you know, this, this doesn't matter. You're not going to be worrying about this in, in five years, whatever. When I say this, I mean the, the small menial little the tasks that, that do cause anxiety. And I just try to put it into perspective to where I, you know, try to implement the idea that how, how do we live in the moment, right? Like we, we have a moment right now as we're talking, this is the moment, right? But there's so many times where we're never even 
on board with it or were never even in touch with it. So, you know, how, how would you guys recommend trying to learn to get into the moment better? What do you guys think? Like meditation or has anything worked for you guys? Um, one thing that I've, that I've done to kind of help uh, with that is I, I, it's, it's kind of cliche, but like imagine having a conversation with 30 year old you like, so I, you know, I try to have a conversation with 30 year old Josh and, and that little exercise will, will really quickly put some things into perspective, you know, and, and, and also have that conversation uh, after you have a conversation with 20 year old you, because what, what you're yelling and screaming at 20 year old you about in principle is probably what 30 year old you is yelling at present you for. So yeah, it's been a good, been a good way for me to, to uh, like bring it like in, you know? bring it in. Um. Yeah. So I've I've done a number of different things, and uh, I'm gonna go into a little bit of a story here. I actually. So when I when I first moved to Dallas, uh, and this was something I was trying to get at with the whole being in the moment, but I didn't want to jump forward too soon. Um, on my way here. So I, I drove the whole way from Indiana to Dallas, so about a thousand miles, I think. I was driving like a like a '97 Avalon. It was a piece of crap, and uh, it was having transmission issues from time to time, but it was still running. But long story short, it broke down before I made it to Dallas, and I did not really have much in the way of money at the time. You know, I hadn't started working yet. I just graduated college. I had all these student loans and everything. And so, you know, that, that really stressed me out, but, you know, and I know not everybody has this, but, you know, having, having family there to support you, you know, I was fortunate and I just had to remind myself, obviously that's kind of a, like a big, that, that's something worth being worried about in the moment. I think it's understandable for people to have anxiety or something like that, but that anxiety kind of trailed forward and I kept, reliving that moment in my head um you know i didn't have a car to drive for a few weeks and had to get uber rides or rides from coworkers, which is just fine but in my head i was just worrying so much and stressed out about how oh it's gonna take me even longer to meet new people or you know i'm i feel like i'm asking for all these favors from coach just like a bunch of stupid worries that came after the big worry um and i mean you got to realize like one of the things that, that I, you know, helps me, you know, when I went to those meetup groups for the first time, uh, the first few months that I had moved here or, or, you know, getting those rides from coworkers, it's just remember like these other people are, are in, have been in similar situations and with the meetup groups, they are in similar situations, like people that just moved to the new city and are also, you know, anxious or nervous and trying to make new friends. They don't know anybody. Like that's why they're there. Uh, so just remembering or keeping in mind that, you know, you're not the only one having these thoughts or having these worries, like everybody's in it together and just, you know, just take it easy and be patient and, you know, good things will happen as long as you, you know, put in the effort in the right places. And sometimes it's not obvious, but like where to put that effort, but, you know, if, think you go to enough of those meetup groups um you know and people go in there for the same reason that you are i think you'll end up meeting your people eventually yeah, that's sure good. one thing that I'd, I'd like to add on to that and josh you mentioned uh a little thought exercise that you do and that's talking to 20 year old josh or 30 year old josh one thing that kind of helps me put myself in the moment and not only put myself in the moment, but enjoy the moment is the idea that every interaction that, that you have with any other entity, whether it's, you know, one of your friends, whether it's your mom, your grandmother, or your dog, I, I try to sit back and just think for a second that this interaction and every future interaction I have with this person or, or animal is temporary. One of these days, you know, your grandmother's going to die. One of these days, your mom's going to die. Your dog's going to die. 
and you're going to die. This is all temporary. So in some cases, I think that thinking like that can really bring focus and intention to that very moment and really just, you know, puts things into perspective and allows you to in enjoy the moment and, and see the beauty in the current moment. You know, the fact that we're even here is ridiculous. It's such a weird idea to even exist. But just being able to share a moment with someone who had who who made it through the the ridiculous odds of even existing at, of having their atoms being assembled in such a way that they are sentient and that they can think and convey ideas with you just to be able to share uh, a particular moment with another being I think there's there's beauty in that uh, just flat out I think there's beauty in that and the 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 thought that it is temporary really helps me sometimes really good well i um i love to end them on a positive note so unless you guys have something that you want to get into uh this would i think this would be a great positive note to end it on but by all means I, if you guys have anything else to keep going i'm, I'm down i think i'm good i think this is a great ending point also this is <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i've been uh, something else that I actually plan on making a video on soon. I've been I've been waking up earlier more consistently, like around five to six a.m., which mm -hmm. you know results in me going to bed earlier too. And this is right around my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I, I was just about to say, Josh and I have been there. We uh, in oh, yeah. late twenty eighteen, we did a little challenge for a month where we woke up at five every day. And man, that was like it was kind of a trip to be honest. <laughs> like, it was a it was a very interesting little time, seeing how many hours there actually are in a day. Yeah, the, I, yeah, that was great. I love that that experience. But uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let Chris get to bed before you get to bed. Uh, plug everything that you got uh, for one last time for anybody that might be listening. Where can they follow you? Where can they check out your videos? Where can they connect with you? Oh man. Okay. So there's. If you just YouTube search or Google search Big Blue Baller, uh, the YouTube channels should be the first two links that come up, at least from my experience and my friend's experience. Uh, and yeah, just searching Big Blue Baller on YouTube. Otherwise, Twitter at Big Blue Baller YT, Instagram at Big Blue Gram. I also made a TikTok. I don't really post on there much yet, but it's at Big Blue Baller. And then <laughs> I have I have a website, but I'm not much of a web developer or web designer. It's pretty bare bones right now, bigblueballer.com. But uh, you know, been been working on it day by day, trying to improve it, and uh, we'll get there. But I'd say you know the main the main two social media accounts to follow me on are Twitter and Instagram. Awesome, cool. 